Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is Dante. And Michelle. And you are tuned into Life Instructions Not Included, a podcast where we try to find all the pieces to make our lives feel a little bit more normal. Coming from different walks of life, we'll try to spark conversation that mentally stimulates us and challenges the way we all think. Today, we will be talking about how to get the best out of your work environment. We will be going over how to explore your true potential in order to avoid the sunk cost effect within your workplace, red flags to identify that your work environment may no longer be beneficial to you, and creating a plan to set yourself up successfully. But before we do all of that, let's check in with each other. Because we've got a lot to check in about. It has been... Oh, gosh. What, maybe two, three weeks since we recorded? We've kind of been off schedule for a while because we've had a lot going on. Yeah. A lot of mishaps here, locations we needed to record at. Today, we're back at the Capital One Cafe. Union. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so a lot has been going on. You were in Mexico? I was in Mexico last week celebrating my dad's 70th birthday and Isaac's fourth birthday, which was really fun. And this is the first time I'm coming back from vacation, not feeling like I need a vacation from my vacation. Do you know what I mean by that? No, not at all. So have you ever gone on a vacation and came back? Wait, you've never gone on a vacation and came back and you're like, I need another vacation. I need a vacation from my vacation. I think I'm the wrong person to ask because I have these goals in mind and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, vacation's done. It's time to get back to reality. Let's... Let's get shit done. Because vacation is meant for like rest and relaxation, but that's usually, typically that's not what my vacations look like. Like when I go somewhere, I want to see, I want to see and do as much as I can. And what ends up happening is like a jam packed week for my vacation. And then when I get back home, I'm like exhausted. But this time when we went to Cancun, we stayed at like an all-inclusive, we stayed at the Hilton Cancun, and really what we just did was some serious rest and relaxation, which I have never done before. Okay. And so I'm feeling really, (laughs) I feel like I'm saying rest a lot, but like I'm feeling really well rested, and Uh actually on the last day of vacation, it surprised me that I was ready to get back into working mode. And like I even hit you up and was like, "What's this? What's our schedule?" No, oh, that doing? that tripped me out for a second. <laughs> I'm keep in mind, I never get messages from her about like, "Hey, so have we created this? Have we scheduled all this and this?" I, I rarely get it. I rarely get it. So uh-huh. I was like, "Are you? Call me. Are out you now. okay?" <laughs> well, because you were reading when you're at um, when you're in Mexico, and then yep. you sent me a picture of whatever you read. Yeah. And I was like, "Where do you want me to read from? Like, this is a whole fucking page." <laughs> and so. You're like, this is a total mind flip. I'm, you know, I'm on top of it now. I got this shit ready to go. I'm yeah. ready to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. On vacation, getting some work done, making me feel bad for when I was on vacation. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you were there for like three months. You're talking about in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, or not three months. Three, three weeks. weeks in the Philippines and you're like, no, like, I'm not working right now. <laughs> yeah, I almost did. I had to tell you, I was like, oh, leave me alone. I'm good. <laughs> but, no, it's yeah. definitely tempting. But like I said, I mean, people say like, just what the doctor ordered or whatever. Like, yeah. go on vacation. Just take some time off and relax. And so, like, we took it. This is our first time taking advantage of the kids' corner or the kids' club at the resort where you're able to drop off your kids and they do activities. Hold on. How many times are you at the resort to take advantage of this? 
Well, no, we stayed at the resort the whole, the whole time. Oh, no, no, I'm saying, because you, you said oh. that this is our first time oh. taking advantage. I'm like, how many vacations are you going on? No, well, like, because you can, you have that option on cruises. Oh, okay. Um, But since my kids are just four and five, I don't think we could leave them um, under the ages of four. Mm-hmm. But this time we were able to leave them and like we were able to go to dinner um, with my parents without the kids or we could do things and so I think one of my favorite times on vacation was just like chilling by the adults pool yeah and like reading which is not how I usually vacation Mm -hmm. so it was different but it was a very good different that's good it was weird so what I realize is I have to go to a destination that does not have a lot of distractions in order to get your in order to relaxation like rest and relaxation like if I go to Hawaii that is not a rest and relaxation vacation for me. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, like I, I'm from there. I sound like you. For those of you who don't know, um, I'm from there. And so like I always want to see and do so much in Hawaii. And that's a go, go, go jam-packed week. Mm-hmm. Opposed to like Cancun. And we're traveling with four kids under nine. Yeah. It kind of forces us to just like let's chill by the pool or the beach and not do anything. So I really appreciated that. Oh, damn, you got me scared for parenthood. Why? Well, because I'm, I'm the go, go, go type. <laughs> yep. So when I'm on vacation... And va- I was like that. Yeah, yep. so when I'm on vacation, I'm like, it just seems like a normal time for me, except I'm not working. I'm just planning mm-hmm. out other shit. Yeah. So I, I don't have that. I need another vacation because it's all, it's almost as if like my mind is always running. Oh, I don't, man. don't get me wrong. I like, vaca- I like going on vacation Yeah. because I get to take a break from work for sure. But my brain just doesn't stop working. Sure. Right? Sure. Sure. But that's dope though. It sounds like you had a good time. Yes. In your next vacation. Well, you got DC coming up. Yeah. 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 Like Short trip. DC yeah. Well, hold on. Let me back up a little and say when you're a parent and you go on vacation, it's not really a vacation. Mm-hmm. Hold on. It is hard to travel with kids. And it is a, a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. So vacation and kids, it's not really a vacation. It's like extra work to make this trip happen. Yeah. Even something like Disneyland. And I know some parents uh, do not even want to go to Disneyland or think of going to <laughs> Disneyland with their kids. Y'all are wild, bro. Well, I, not I, me. I've taken my kids to Disneyland and yeah. Disney World. I took a 10-month-old at Disney World, so not I. But you know how some parents avoid Disneyland because of all that comes with traveling with the kids to such a destination? Anyways. Yeah, I guess that depends on age, too, because like, I sure, dated someone sure. that had kids. Yeah. And we went for her daughter's birthday mm-hmm. to Disneyland. I was like, yo, I was fucking hyped. But, I mean, you know how I, mean, I am around kids, so I, I get, know. like, super excited. Super I try hyped. to get the kids hyped up and shit. You're another kid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, I know. Pretty much. <laughs> and, and how was it? It was, it was I it think was it fun. all depends on the kid. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, it was really good. I'm back, um, hopping on a flight tomorrow. More details on that to come next week. I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, but, yeah. Nice. What have you been up to? How have you been? I've been... Doing nothing again. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's the same shit every week. Just business planning, fucking. Yeah. Get, oh, I started the whole plant sale thing again. So, yes. bunch of people getting their orders in. So that's been exhausting. Try to organize that, and now we're about to get another freeze, 
in the northwest. Oh, man. 20 degrees this week, I think. Now, if for some of you guys, it's like, oh, my God, it's not that cold. For us, that's fucking freezing. We, it is freezing. We have weird... <laughs> Patterns. Patterns for, yeah, pattern weather patterns out here. And it's been getting worse throughout the throughout the years. I think it's been getting a lot colder. It's but like also, a late winter. Yeah, but late also... Late winter, it's like a true winter. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. it snows in our Februarys. Well, I mean, it's always snowed. In recent years, it's been yeah. snowing in February. Well, it's snowing more, but I feel yeah. like we always get a good amount of snow. For, for the Northwest, at least. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I think we have like a limited threshold on our temperatures. I think most people in Seattle are are okay with 50 to 70 degrees. Oh, yeah. Anything below that's too cold. Anything above 70 is, like, fucking scorching, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you Literally. know, just, just dealing with that, trying to make the plant survive, and um, nothing too exciting. We did go to the... Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's your, like, ideal weather? I like 80s. Oh, you do? Yeah, I like 80s. I <laughs> always say I love, like, a 73 with, like, a little breeze. And that's like true Seattle fashion. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm from Hawaii. Yeah. I don't see. I don't <laughs> mind the hot weather. I don't mind the hot weather. It's just like when it gets to about like nine high nineties to hundred. I just I can't do shit. We're not built for that. Because like I said, I'm a busybody. I don't like to be stuck inside the house. And we don't have so, air conditioning here in the Pacific Northwest. Some people do. Rich it's people. Not standard. Oh yeah, some people do. You remember that year that. All the places sold out of air conditioning units because we had that crazy heat wave of, what yeah. I think it was a week of triple digits. Like over 100, yeah. Like mm-hmm. 110, 100, yeah. yeah. And then they restocked just in time in November for, <laughs> for air conditioning. And then it was like, you better get it now before they sell right? out again in the spring or summertime. Exactly. It's It's been really weird. Yeah. Okay. But other than Anyways, that, so we did yes. go... What did we do yesterday? Yesterday we went to the plant and... It was the Garden and Flower Festival yeah, at okay. the convention center. Okay, so so hear me out on this. I had a client. She was like, Dante, I know you like plants. You might be going to this, huh? Like, I never heard of this. What is it? Garden and... Plant? Garden and Flower Festival. Gla- Garden and Flower Festival. Year. So I never heard of it. And she's like, oh, you like gardening and shit. Yeah. You might like this. Me and my family, we go every year. I'm like... To a garden festival? Like, all right, I'll check it out. I'm not going to shut mm-hmm. down any event. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out at least once. Mm-hmm. I was like a fucking kid in a candy store. Yeah, like, this shit was amazing. <laughs> so, so I get in. I'm, I'm like, because he really was. I, oh, my God. So, you know, we had to go up, what, three escalators, right? And you don't really get the true feeling of how extravagant this whole event is. We're going up. I'm like, all right, we're going to go. Was this your first, like, expo kind of? Expo show at a convention center? Or no. Have you been to No, like... this is my first plant. Conve- okay. I, like, I've been to car shows. I've been to... Um, like a Comic-Con. Actually, just car shows. Like a, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't been to Comic-Con okay. before. But what, during Comic-Con time here in Seattle, you see everybody on the streets. It's true. more lively, right? True, true, true. So as okay, you're going... Sorry. Yeah, so as you're going up the steps, or each level, it's still empty. You don't really hear a lot of commotion. I'm like, all right. All right, we're going to see some cool plants, something kind of rare or whatever. And we'll go through it really quickly and walk out. And as you walk in, like, it just gets louder and you see a shit ton of people around booths. So I'm like, like, oh, this is like Piala Fair. Oh, like, because yeah. for those of you that have been to the state fair, they have that one section where everybody gets to set up their little shop, right? And you walk around. And they're like demos. Yeah, yeah, like, like demo shows. Yeah, demo kiosks. Exactly. So. so first booth I hit is like a little tool, a gardening tool spot. I'm like, oh shit, we do need some new tools. I see this like twelve foot fucking hedge clipper thing, and I'm like, "Oh, that that's fucking nice." To like twenty five feet. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, this is dope." So I'm trying it out. 
Then we walk around, we see some other cool things, some other cool booths with um, like different types of planners. The greenhouses were amazing oh, because yeah. I've always wanted a greenhouse. I'm like, oh, these designs are cool. But then you go to the other section where everybody does, has their designed garden mm-hmm. out, their, their exhibits. I think there's like maybe eight or nine different exhibits. And I, when I tell you these things were amazing, these things were fucking amazing, right? So just the layouts um, of what your ideal backyard would look like. They they so had excited. one for each person, uh-huh. right? Yeah. There's oh. my favorite was the uh, was the one that had the barbecue grill mm-hmm. set up with the like pagoda or whatever, and pagoda. I think it was, it's called a pagoda, right? Is it? <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, so it was that one, and then there was the one that had the walkway with the steep steps, and um, it had like a huge waterfall pond next to a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. That's the one you mm-hmm. liked. Mm-hmm. But, man, I don't know. It's just, you had to be there. You had to be there to experience this. And I'm, I want to go next year. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about actually setting up a booth because you want to do your floral mm-hmm. um, yeah. floral press or I flower do, press, like, whatever it is. I paper and floral preservation, which I didn't see anything like that there. Nope. I saw the resin, mm-hmm. like tabletops or frames. Um, but not exactly what I wanted to offer, so. Yeah. Oh, we got what? Six free plants. I got two mm, fucking trees. Got I don't two. even know what to do with the trees. We got no space for no trees, but I got them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will, yeah, that's one thing about going on the last days because these businesses, they don't really want to like haul right. their inventory <laughs> back to their She was location. like, take everything. Take it all. Take it all. She's like, we have plants. We have cuttings. People giving out trees. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty cool experience. I did get a lot of looks. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of funny because... Everybody that talks to me about, or whenever I talk to gardening, talk about gardening to someone, Mm -hmm. they're like, what the fuck, you garden? Yeah. Because I don't look like the typical person to garden, Mm -hmm. right? And so I wore, um, what did I, I wore some Air Max ones, for those of you that know about it, it's the Concept Heavy Air Max ones, and just some like Culver shirt with some cargo pants or whatever. I I was just dressed differently than people there. And then you're getting a lot of looks like fuck is this guy like why is he coming here talking mm-hmm. about this and then when you're just interacting with the people about plants once you start talking more about like your setup then you just see their eyes light up they get these big eyes and they're they're super excited to talk to you about like what their spring plans are I'm like oh shit this is this is amazing mm-hmm. i want to set up an exhibit or set up a display mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. if i could that would be so dope yeah you know like can you do like a mini one in our booth yeah, I think so. That should be possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll have to talk about our plans for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure like you and a few of my other close friends know already that I'm pretty passionate about gardening to a certain extent. You know, there's still a lot that I need to learn. Um, I just love growing my own produce in the yard because it just tastes so much better, right? I'm definitely not good with houseplants. Mm, as you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um, not as good as you or many other people. I know. Yeah, I've well, almost killed a I, couple of houseplants. Well, I gave you one of my propagation, I call it propagation babies, one of my cuttings. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she's doing, but it doesn't sound like she's doing well. It, there's, It's there. In what condition? <laughs> the, the leaf because is green. The, the leaf is green. Because I talked to everyone else who I gave my propagation cuttings to mm-hmm. and it's doing great. They're growing. They're thriving. Mm-hmm. 
And then you, I think you might have just traumatized her. Well, it's <laughs> not my specialty. No, it's not. You're definitely yeah. more of a garden guy. I mean, I've been on the phone with you for over a couple years now, mm. and you're like, your happy place is the garden. Oh, hell yeah. And I mean, it's cool now that you're doing this like cut, well, start, this plant start, mm -hmm. you know, and hoping to make money off of it. I mean, oh, I'm. Not helping. I'm making money off of it. You but, are making money yes, off of it, which point. I applaud you because how many people take their hobby and turn it into income generating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a good portion do, mm -hmm. but do you think a majority of people do that? No, and I, well, there's different types of leisure activity out there. So this yeah. isn't something like I don't classify myself as a hobbyist. You know, when I do activities like that, I think of pursuing it um, with a career mindset. Right, mm -hmm. not not saying that I want to have my own. Well, I do want to have my own plant nursery. Don't get me wrong, but not saying that um, that I want to take every hobby or every activity that I do to the next level. But mm -hmm. I want to at least give enough energy to it as if it is my career. Right. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I want to learn. It's, I want to learn about everything that I do. Ooh. I think that's important. A question for you. How did you know when to take a hobby and turn it into something income generating? With the plants or just anything? In general. Because, again, you have a very entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. And you're also very opportunistic. Mm -hmm. Whereas me, I don't have that so much of an entrepreneurial yeah. mindset. And so how does one take a hobby and decide or, I don't know, how do you make that decision? So when you talk about income, I mean... It's a financial topic, right? But I like to go into each activity thinking about what is not only my tangible gain, but my intangible gain too, right? So let's say some, something as simple as going to like a museum or some kind of exhibit, right? What knowledge am I going to gain from that? And how am I going to use that knowledge to advance my level or my expertise within that specific activity? But I guess to answer your question when it comes to the financial portion or the financial side of things, you know, when I was younger, my mom got me a book about how businesses work. And I think I was like seven years old. Crazy. Oh, man. Was it like a textbook? Not, was it, like it, was like, it was like a kid's textbook, pretty okay. much. So it broke down like the, the levels of, um, of management within the system, within a corporation, and then how corporations work in society. Did you read this at seven years old? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe, I was maybe like eight or nine. Okay. I used to I used to read a lot when I was a kid, mostly Goosebumps. But then I got that <laughs> I got that book, so I was like, all right, bet. Like, let me just start some businesses. Oh no, yeah, it had to be when I was like around eight because I had a paper route, and uh -huh. with the paper route, I had to manage my own business. I had to write down all my my clientele, uh -huh. um, all my income, all that stuff, right? So, so That's when awesome. I when I got that book, ever since then, I've always been kind of business oriented with a lot of things that I do yeah so when it came to the plants that was easy mm -hmm. like at first I wanted a garden because my grandpa was out of town he was in the Philippines for a long time mm -hmm. and the pandemic hit mm -hmm. so I was like shit let me get the garden started so I started a bunch of seeds and when I started buying the seeds I was like fuck they gave me like 40 50 70 seeds what am I gonna do with this and I don't like to save stuff so I was like fuck it let me just grow everything and then flip them uh -huh. And then so I used to go to the, I went to all the um, big department stores like the Lowe's, the Home Depot, McLendon uh -huh. to kind of survey the prices. And I was like, they're selling this shit for like four or five bucks. Mm -hmm. 
I sell it for a buck fifty. Mm-hmm. Like, why should they be making all this money off of something that's so easy to, mm-hmm. to make, right? To grow. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got into it because I think that, well, other than reading the book and having that business mindset, I think that it's it sucks mm-hmm. knowing that big corporations are taking so much money from the public when it can be easily generated by yourself mm-hmm. and you can distribute it to your own community where one, you make money. Yeah. You're helping out your community to save money mm-hmm. and you're doing something beneficial for your community. Mm-hmm. For instance, they're growing their own produce, right? Yeah. It tastes a lot better. You're able to control what goes into your, into your food and what goes into your body. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say especially within the past few years, there's been this rise in awareness of how supporting local businesses or supporting small differences can make a difference in our community, which I think is going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. That's great. Yep. Well, I think I've been fortunate enough to put myself in a position to generate income from things that I am passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. So fitness, I am passionate about helping others making people healthy, and that's what my goal is. I want to get my own gym. When it comes to food, I'm passionate about gardening, and I'm also passionate about people eating healthier um, so that their bodies can function a lot more efficiently, right? Mm -hmm. And so I get to kill two birds with one stone there with the gardening thing. So, yeah, I've been a lot more fortunate to find something I'm more passionate about, and that way I can stick with it. Mm -hmm. Plus, I don't don't have many financial responsibilities. I mean... I have my own personal financial responsibilities, but nothing that forces me to be in, I mean, a quote unquote dead end job. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think one thing you have that some people don't have is that drive or that realization that I can take this hobby or I can take this passion and turn it into a career. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people have that mindset, even though we're told what's the quote if you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, yeah. it's so cliche, but at the same time, it's... What do you think? Is that true? I definitely think it's true. So when you were talking about being on vacation, right? Yeah. And how you need a vacation again. <laughs> my thing is that my mind is always running because when it comes to building this whole model for my businesses, mm-hmm. I want to be able to work as if I'm on vacation. I want my work to be my vacation. Because mm-hmm. I love training people. Yeah. I love being around the gym. I love gardening. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't want them to feel like work. So that's why I'm so passionate about building this plan to get this up and running. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? You never feel like you want a break from personal training? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I definitely don't want to train as much as I do now. But mm-hmm. I still want to train, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to train 40 or... I don't want my 40 or 50 hour work week mm-hmm. to be just so training, training every hour. Sure. Because for those that are in the service industry, when you're working with clientele, you guys know... It is exhausting mm-hmm. talking to people every hour. Absolutely. Which I love the conversations. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to all my clients. Mm-hmm. But imagine talking for eight to ten hours straight. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah. It's draining. It's right. exhausting. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's all about balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, have you ever been in a position where you, I guess, let, let's say two positions. Here. One where you truly hated the job you were at. And one where you were like, I love this job and I never want to leave. I mean, I don't think I've ever hated any one of my positions. I might have thought like, this is repetitive work. 
it's not very important or it doesn't bring so much value, mm -hmm. but I never hated a job. Okay. So you thought that the job didn't bring any value to your life? So I was doing it for internship purposes in high school. And I mean, I was like customer service in this reservations setting, like mm -hmm. office setting, confirming confirmations and putting itineraries together. Okay. And not even like, I'm not even setting up the itineraries. It's like the itineraries were already a set and I'm just like, pretty much making your packet of tickets mm -hmm. and confirming it. So very repetitive work and kind of just like mindless and repetitive. Okay. I mean. Do you think you got anything out of it though? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not, what, so no. what is this internship purpose in high school? What did you so I was part of a program in school called the Academy of Hospitality and Tourism. Okay. And so we were to get a job in the hospitality and tourism industry okay it wasn't my it actually wasn't my first choice i think i wanted to be set up with holland america but i got set up with this local business that uh did like catamaran catamarans to and from seattle and victoria okay bc so anyways um yeah i mean just repetitive and mindless work and i think about like i like to be challenged in a workplace and mm -hmm. I like to be building towards something and because it was internship it was also short-lived maybe just like a few weeks or maybe a couple months at most or something um, I'm thinking it was like seasonal but no no I mean I didn't really get too much of it and I did it to fulfill a credit or whatever in school mm -hmm. so not to say I hated the job yeah um well, I think with high school, it's kind of tough to be like, okay, well, maybe I should leave, especially when it's a requirement, it's, right? You kind of yeah. have to get through it. And it's, I don't think it was my very first job, but it was one of my first jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really know. I mean, one, I'm just getting, getting experience and I'm just kind of put somewhere. Yeah. Opposed to a job that I did really love, I will say like my last job, for example. I mean, I stayed there for six years and I think that says a lot about the entire workplace from the people I work with to the work that I was doing where I felt like I was bringing value to the team and it was challenging enough for me. Like I was continuously learning mm -hmm. and I didn't stop learning, which is what I look for yeah. in the workplace. So yeah. Well, reflecting on that situation, the one in high school, yeah, I think it's kind of tough to really analyze whether the job was beneficial or not, because how much responsibility is a company going to give a high school student? Uh -huh. Right, unless it's unless you're an actual employee. <laughs> that's why you know I think. I mean? That's why I think. I, that's why I said like I wasn't making the itineraries. Yeah. I was like making your packets. Yeah, yeah like yeah. when you arrive at the ticket counter, like here's your tickets and everything's ready for you to go and it's been confirmed. You mm -hmm. know, so. So did you want to pursue a career in something, in like the hospital hospitality field? Did I? Or? You know, I wanted to. I thought I wanted to go into like the hotel industry mm -hmm. and I swear for years I tried to, again with minimal experience, tried to become like a front desk agent okay. at the hotels mm -hmm. in town and for whatever reason I never got that job okay. and so I, I didn't pursue it. Do you think you could have taken something from that high school internship and applied it to a position like that? Yeah. If you were to get the position? Um... I mean, yes, I could see those skills being transferable as far as just like, again, setting up itineraries, making confirmations, because I assume that 
a hotel front desk agent has those similar responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think it's important whenever you're taking on any job, at least for me, I think there are ways that you can take pieces of each position Mm -hmm. and apply it somehow to what you want your end goal to be or your, like your career goal to be, right? Sure. So I was talking to my boy Fossil. Ooh. I mentioned to you guys. I mentioned it to you yesterday. Sorry, I react that way because, like, we just, well, I didn't even meet him. Oh, um. yeah. So, so a little backstory here. It was the, what is it this? What the is the job. convention? What are we talking about? What's the convention called? Flower, oh, the Garden, Garden and Flower Festival. Okay, so before the Garden and Flower Festival, we ended up or linking after. up at a, was it after or before? Both. Okay, so, anyways, went to a cafe. Anchor. Anchorhead Coffee. Anchorhead Coffee down in downtown mm-hmm. on 7th and Olive, I think. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so I, Shout out to them. Apparently they had really good coffee. It was coffee. honey bunches <laughs> of... Cinnamon oats, oats or something? It's like something. cereal milk coffee. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. But anyway, so we get to the cafe after, the, after our first round of the convention or the festival. And we're sitting down, we're talking, this dude's sitting next to me, and me and her are kind of bickering, <laughs> me and Michelle are bickering about, I forgot what it was, some random shit. It was the start time of today, and you're like, you should be able to make it by 10, and I was like, I'm traveling a lot, oh. and so I, I'm going to try to make it at 10 as like close as possible. It was that, <laughs> it was that, and it was the, um, you went to brunch for your cousin's birthday, uh-huh. and I told you, I was like, man, if you come oh. back drunk, I want to record, <laughs> like, We've tried drinking before, just like one was, shot, two shots. I was and on my way work. to brunch, and I was like contemplating, I'm like, should I have a mimosa? Should I not have a mimosa? And yeah. Yeah. yes, so from I past said, experiences, we cannot drink and record. It just does not go well. Yeah, fuck that. So uh, after, <laughs> As much as you think it would. <laughs> so after that conversation, you could tell he was kind of tuning into our conversation, right? Oh gosh, right? so and awkward. Then, so you ended up leaving, and me and him were chopping it up about something, and then... We started talking about, or he asked me what I do because I had my hard drive and he's like, oh, you still use that? You got a bunch of files. Like, why don't you do X, Y, Z? And he started just asking what I do for a living. Um, and we started talking about how he went through his startups and how he got uh, created ideas, right? Cool. And so we got to the point where we got to the idea that sometimes you got to think outside of the box where you might have to look at positions that do not apply to your field or that are like nowhere near being related to your field and sometimes take the take some concepts that are used in that position and apply it to your field and try to figure out how to make it work and so that's why I guess I was wondering whether you could take some of your experiences from that Mm -hmm. position you had in high school and apply it to anything now yeah absolutely but I think I am the type of person to do that I try to take anything from a situation and how can I apply it or what did I learn from this experience or situation Mm -hmm. and how can I use that in my daily not maybe not daily living but how Mm -hmm. can I take this with me and exactly that's the exact point we want to make today right because we are piggybacking off the last episode which was about relationships and Mm -hmm. the whole idea here is how to avoid this whole sunk cost effect or the sunk cost fallacy Mm -hmm. and for those of you that weren't able to listen to the previous episode, the sunk cost fallacy is pretty much when you make an investment into something that no longer benefits you, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, a lot of people say, give you, you that. You continue to make investments even though it's no longer beneficial to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
they um, a lot of people use that phrase. You ask them, "Hey, how you, how doing? you doing?" And then they're like, "Oh, just living the dream." Mm-hmm. Like, how many times have you heard people say that, or how many times have you yourself said it? I've never said it. I said it one. <laughs> I said it one time, and uh-huh. that was like immediately a red flag that I hate my fucking job. <laughs> so or you're like regretful, like. Well, it's it's sad, right? Because like, yeah. how, like you're you're definitely not living the dream if you have to say it that way. Well, so what is going on that what is going on in your life where you're not allowing yourself to benefit from your position that you're holding right now? Wait, right? and like what does living the dream mean to you? Because when you say living the dream, I automatically think of like you're living the dream, or are you living your dream? Mm-hmm. Like what does it mean? I guess you gotta yeah. break that down first, right? You have to figure out whether you even have your own dream or not. Yeah. Did someone else create this dream for you? Yeah. Because I know of a handful of people mm-hmm. that think about a specific income in order in to order, be happy in order to be happy in life right? mm-hmm. they're like i talked to one of my friends he was like oh yeah i've seen you know our other friends they're making this amount i want to be like that i'm like okay well let's not talk about money but how do you want to impact society mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's almost like okay is the money making you who you are or is your career making you who you are you know that's tough because I'm in a position right now where I am currently job applying right now. And it was a recent question that I asked my husband of like, how much money do I need? How much money should I be making where we can still be like at a comfort, like living comfortably or like living within our means or, you know, whatever, what will support our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so automatically I'm looking at numbers, Yeah, which it sucks because it's like, am I looking for a job or am I looking for a career? Meaning something I'm passionate about in an industry where I want to grow in, where I personally have interests versus let me just get this job because it pays this much. It's a sucky, sucky position to be in. And I feel like for a majority of our early lives, at least in like we first get a job into our 20s, maybe into our 30s, it's much about what job can I get? to support the lifestyle I want to live mm-hmm. versus this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And I want to go in this career path. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't thought about it that way because you are so, you have such an entrepreneurial mindset Yeah, yeah. and you already know from the get go, like, this is what I want to do. Well, don't get me wrong. Like, I think about numbers, right? But I never let that, let that be the bigger picture of where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Right. Because I know what my end goal is. And I think for me, like, I know what my numbers are going to be as long as I hit that end goal. Mm-hmm. which looks really good. And I guess that might be the reason why I'm not worried. But again, my priority is to open up this gym and help people. Yeah. Not how much money am I going to make. Sure, right? sure. I need to build this community up. And that's what I want to, that's the legacy I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, that's the legacy I want to leave behind. Sure. And if I can't leave that behind, then did I really succeed in life? And, th- and that's just me. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, that's, I mean, I'm going to say like, that's in your ideal world. Like that is great. Yeah. That's great for you. But in my situation, it's like, you have to be making money to survive yeah, in the city. For sure. And you have to be making a certain amount. Mm-hmm. So to an extent, you are looking at numbers and focusing on numbers. For sure. For sure. You know, I'm about to be in this position where, so as I'm job applying, like I am selective in the jobs that I apply to making sure I do have an interest. I want to grow in this industry. Like I want to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. At the same time, 
they're all different industries. Yeah. Okay. I will say without giving away too much information, like I'm applying for three different positions, completely different. Two of the three positions have higher position titles Mm -hmm. opposed to this third one, which is just like a retail sales lead. Yeah. I'll say that. But if I was following like my passion and where I want to go and what direction, I would be choosing that retail sales lead. However, it doesn't pay as much Mm -hmm. as the other two. Yeah. And so I'm like, in any capacity, I want to be part of this company. But unfortunately, financially, it cannot support me. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm like, if she was able to meet my number, no doubt about it, I would go in that direction. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of being like tugged in between the three. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. And that's why I explained earlier, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be in the position to do what I love. Yeah. You know, and make enough money for myself. Right. Yeah. Of course, it's not the amount of money I want to make because I do want a little bit more in life. But the one thing that I want to point out to people is that, you know, you don't, if, if possible, you don't want the money to make who you are. Right. You don't want yeah. the money to make the decisions for you. Correct. And if you can figure out what you're most passionate about and finding your true potential within society, that could probably steer you in a better direction than a position that's going to be like, hey, mm-hmm. I'll give you six figures right now if you do this for me. I know. Right? Yeah. So how do you think some cost fallacy looks like in a workplace? If I look back at my positions before, I would say for me, it was like I was extremely exhausted avoiding my managers Mm. um which the fitness industry could be a really toxic environment Mm -hmm. especially when you're in a corporate system because they're all focused on money Mm -hmm. rather than actually helping people like i've never been at a gym except for actually i won't even say that so i haven't really been at a gym where the people where the management is truly looking out for the members so for me it was avoiding my manager being extremely exhausted i used to have anxiety whenever i'm bump into my managers sometimes because oh, I just didn't want to talk to them and I had nothing to say to them but yeah I think for me those are some red flags uh, not wanting to go to work yeah. you know waiting for the weekend that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like oh my god I can't wait till Friday TGIF yes exactly right or mm-hmm. celebrating hump day that you made it halfway through the week mm-hmm. and you know I think if you're in a position where you enjoy what you do you truly aren't like oh my god I made it halfway through yeah 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 you know? yeah like I said, it's a different kind of motivation and a drive when you're doing what you like yeah. and doing what you enjoy versus just a job. Well, let's flip it though. So let's say you're in a position that you don't like, right? Okay. But you're extremely passionate about something in life. Okay. And you're not there yet. But what you could do is take the stuff that you're learning in your current position and figure out how are you going to apply that to something you want to do later on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, in that sense, you're flipping it so you still find the job kind of beneficial, mm-hmm. right? Because when I think about the sunk cost effect in a workplace, I think about I think about a position that's no longer beneficial to me. And so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not learning anything. I'm not being challenged anymore. I mentally cannot take anything more from this job because mm-hmm. I've learned as much as I can. No advancements in the company you know, especially if I, like, if I wanted to grow within the industry, but for whatever reason, I'm not making any advancements, and that's not on my choice, it's other people's. Mm-hmm. What else is sunk cost? Look? Well, would you consider that internship a sunk cost 
Well, I think about how it was a school requirement. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, no. Would I have chosen that job if it was just up to me? Mm -hmm. Probably not. No. And like I said, it wasn't my first choice. So it kind of just like landed on my lap and I had to take what I could get at that time to fulfill this school credit. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you could take and specifically taken away from that position and apply it to what you want to do now? No. Okay, well, what did you do exactly in the position that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in high school? Yeah, so I was, I think the title was like a reservations agent mm-hmm. where I was given printed itinerary tickets and my job was to just tear it apart because it was like printed in one of those zigzag machines where it all comes like perforated all together. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar to you? Like when tickets get printed? Mm-hmm. Anyways, my job was to tear them apart and then staple the entire t- itinerary together. Oh, perforated. Perforated. Oh. When I say perforated. Yeah, 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 okay. Perforated, perforated, tomato, tomato. Um. <laughs> oh, that's a motto. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I tore them apart, stapled the itineraries together, okay. put it in a packet, and like I said, confirmed confirmations. Mm-hmm. Like, any tours or hotel accommodations, yep. uh, reservations, whatever. Uh, put it in a packet, and then it went away to the ticketing desk okay. for when people check in. This is the packet of tickets that they got. Yeah. I just made sure that they were in the correct order from, like, boarding the boat to whatever activities mm-hmm. they signed up for. So that was my job. And that's what I mean by it was, like, repetitive and mindless and not as challenging yeah. because it was literally tearing and stapling and calling. Yeah. And again, it, it's tough because it, it was just an internship, you know, for a requirement. Yeah. But in my eyes, it's like you get to figure out how the system works. Sure. Right. Even though it's short term, you don't see this as being a long term career path. You have mm-hmm. an idea of how you can incorporate that system in maybe a company you want to run. You know, sure. let's say you have your floral press business running and then mm-hmm. you have orders just going non-stop yeah. and papers keep getting printed but then you can't keep it organized at least you have a system put in place mm-hmm. based on what you learned from your previous experience on how to have someone else take care of that right mm-hmm. which it seems it seems self-explanatory but sometimes you know if you've already experienced a certain situation you don't have to think about it as hard mm-hmm. you know it comes a lot quicker and you're like okay i got the solution this is yeah. what we're gonna do yeah you know yeah, I guess that's the way that I look at a lot of jobs. You know, I don't think I've ever been in a dead-end job before or where I've looked at a position where I'm like, I need to get out of here because I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, You've never felt like that? Well, I mean, actually, no, no, let me take that back. I have, but I got out quick. Okay. You know, I the way that I go about it is that the moment that I know that I'm feeling extremely... Or the, no, the moment that I notice the red flags that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. right, what I do is I sit down... Analyze like, okay, well, is this going to be beneficial for me? Can I take anything away from this job here mm-hmm. and apply it to my personal business? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to grow in my field, right? And if I can't do that, then I'm gone. Um, for instance, the Seattle storm. It wasn't like a dead-end job. I mean, there was endless possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not, sorry, there wasn't endless possibilities. But there was a possibility for advancement within their system. Problem was the financial side of things Mm -hmm. and I realized that I took in enough of what I could for that from that first year Mm -hmm. to figure out how I can incorporate certain systems that they had into my own business model Mm -hmm. and I felt as if I couldn't learn any more 
to advance myself in my career. I could yeah. have built stronger networks. Yeah, I get that. But I can still, I still have the opportunity to build networks with other people mm-hmm. around other than just within the Seattle store. And that's the closest you felt like kind of experiencing this on cost effect in a workplace. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> no. Sorry. Sorry. 24-hour fitness. I had a manager. I had two managers. One of them stole commission from me. Mm. And then the other one tried to lie about some shit. It was some really sketchy shit. Mm-hmm. And then the, the guy that was the assistant manager when I got hired, mm-hmm. he dropped down from his position because it was too hectic. He just wanted to train and not deal with any of the bullshit. He sat down with me and he was like, Dante, I know what you want to do. You're not going to be able to do it here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually the only time I never reflected and realized that I was in a sunk cost effect within the position. Mm-hmm. And after me and him had that talk, I was like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm out. And ever since then, I've actually analyzed my situation within each position I've had to mm-hmm. see whether it's beneficial for me or not. It took a lot because mm-hmm. I had 24 hour fitness. I was there for two years, mm-hmm. but I didn't notice like how it was affecting me physically and emotionally. I never sat down and reflected on it. Mm-hmm. I was that type of person that was like, oh, well, weekend's coming up. You know, I mm-hmm. just could, I just kick it on the weekend. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just hang out with some friends. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm making my money. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. But deep down inside, like, I wasn't growing within the company. Yeah. You know? I mean, good of you to realize that. To me, like, I don't think two years at a company is too long. What do you think? I don't think it's too long at all. I think it's just a matter of what you're trying to get out of it. That's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And what I, yeah, and what I guess I'm trying to get at is I know a lot of people who have stayed at a job for so long and probably just stayed because, one, they got comfortable. Two, they learned the position like the back of their hand and it was effortless. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the main three. I mean, the biggest one is that they get complacent. Yeah. And they have no drive to progress. In life, and they're just fine. They're just getting by. Yeah, and we don't want to make it sound like we're putting anybody down. Because realistically, if you're just fine with where you're at, you're not experiencing a sunk cost effect, right? Yeah. This episode is truly about people that feel like they have more potential Mm -hmm. or that they haven't reached their potential Uh and they want to get more out of their career or their their route in life. (laughs) I like how you put that in. Yes. Well, because you (laughs) were like... This is a little debate that we had when we were discussing this topic. Because I... I know people who, who do have a job yeah. because it pays well. It doesn't bring them stress. They don't bring their work home. Mm-hmm. Like, they are fine in their position. Mm-hmm. It matches their lifestyle, meaning it matches their schedule or whatever. Like, it fits in well. Yeah. And I mean, to some extent, like, who doesn't want a job? Like, to me, that's work-life balance. If you don't need to bring your work home and you're not carrying the stress from work into your personal life into your home life Mm -hmm. like that sounds great oh for sure I have a lot of people who unfortunately are exempt and they take that stress home with them or maybe they have to work extra hours or you know xyz Mm -hmm. and I think about how work-life balance is so important to me but yeah they stay at a job because they're completely fine yeah and so that was the debate that we had was like what you were saying is what I'm experiencing is not a sunk cost effect and that's from my perspective, right? Yeah. Because like for you, what you just said is that, you know, there are people that take their work home. They're extremely stressed out, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. For those that have tried to create a business, mm-hmm. 
did their business model, did all the planning, went to seminars and all that stuff. That shit can be stressful. For me, I'm stressed mm-hmm. out all the time. Um, but again, from my perspective, like I know what I'm trying to do and mm-hmm. what I want to achieve. And I'm willing to take on that stress based on what I value yeah. most, right? Yeah. So You're willing to. You're willing to be yeah. a little bit comfortable. You're willing to live this lifestyle to go after what you want. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to vary with everybody. And I think Absolutely. that the point here is that you want to figure out what, where do you see yourself within your career, right? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that all plays a major part into creating a plan to make sure that you don't experience the sunk cost effect, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to be like 10, 15 years into a job and you're like, fuck, I, I really wish I could have done this. But mm-hmm. now you really don't have any time to do it. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to take you longer to achieve what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a less likelihood that you're actually going to achieve it, right? Oh, we want people to be able to take action as soon as they can. When the opportunity is available, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this talk is kind of making me a little bit scared, a little bit nervous. Because I am in this position where like, I don't have a job right now and I'm seeking a position. Yeah. And again, they're all in three different industries and I can go either way. Yeah. And it's like, if I take position A over B and C, am I making the right decision? Or if I take B, is that the right decision for me? Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm just scared of making the right decision for myself. But I also have to remember, just because I make a decision doesn't mean that it is completely final. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I I can still leave if I don't see it as a good fit. If it doesn't work for me anymore. But I guess I'm just... Trying to prevent that from happening. Which is crazy because like you'll never know until you try, right? Yeah. Which is why the interview process is so important. I think I find it more intimidating as I'm older and as I'm making these decisions. Again, because it's because I'm trying to make like the right decision for myself and my family. Mm -hmm. From all different kind of angles. Making sure that I... I enjoy the work that I do mm-hmm. and that at the same time can it financially support my family, which again, am I going for a job? Am I going for a career? What did I say yesterday? I said, um, are you chasing a dollar or are you chasing your dream? Yeah. Which can't help but think, but in a big city where the cost of living is so expensive that people are chasing the dollar over a dream or over their passion mm-hmm. or over their interest. Well, when do you know it's the right time to actually take steps forward to reaching your dream, right? Your dream goal. When do you know? Yeah, because I guess like it'd be easier for you to tell. Because for me, like I tried doing it right out of college, mm-hmm. right? I mean, again, I've been fortunate enough to where like I don't let certain relationships try to have that much of an impact on me achieving my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might think like, oh, you should be able to reach it faster. But, you know, I'm moving at the pace that I want to. And I also have set restrictions or boundaries on what I'm going to let impact yeah. Yeah. my my progress in life, right? I think for me, it just came when I decided to like live a more intentional life uh-huh. than I had been in the past because I don't think I was living a very intentional life. Okay. I would say before a couple years ago. I mean, I think we, I think it actually started with this podcast and we were talking about like our finding our values mm-hmm. and living a more intentional life sorry I'm sounding really repetitive right now but it was at that point I was like shoot what have I what have I been doing in my life what are the daily decisions I'm making in my life that make it more intentional yeah and what is intent to me yeah. right well I think the key word here with almost every episode we recorded is 
values, values. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when I talk to you, even off off the mic, I use that term or I use that word a lot mm-hmm. because I think that's going to help dictate your route with anything you do in life. Right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then we go back to values and what's important to us. And you want to make sure that you, you practice what you preach. Yes. What's important to you and the decisions that you do make every day. Is it going in that, in that right direction? Yes. So thinking about serving yourself. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So thinking about your job now, right? If you're in a position, and this is for the listeners, obviously, you know, if you're in a position mm-hmm. right now, are you tired of going to work? Do you wake up dreading that drive being stuck in traffic you wish you had a different job or you have this itch to be like man i really need to get this project up and running Mm -hmm. if you're constantly thinking about it you know the first step is actually thinking about it yeah second step is creating plan Mm -hmm. third step is that initiation Mm. or that initiative to get the plan up and running right you know what's funny so a little bts behind the scenes Uh of our recordings we do an improv session oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. before we record kind of just to help us out whatever a little fun <laughs> exercise and today's was coming up with words that describe like our, our ideal workplace yep and so when you were saying those questions do you like your job are you feeling tired how's your commute to work xyz it made me think of like what is your ideal workplace mm-hmm. and what is stopping you from achieving that ideal workplace i mean what is holding you back if you don't like the position that you are in what do you need to do so some food for thought yeah i know it's tough sometimes you can't make that impact within your work environment Mm -hmm. sometimes you can you know i think we've had not necessarily conflict but um i guess a little bit of a tug of war i would say a lot more tugging on who does the lead yeah between between us recording the podcast you know, there's a little confusion on when do we take that leadership role. Mm-hmm. And at some point, even though you're in a position where you're not the manager or the leader, you might have to build up that environment on your own. If you're noticing these red flags and this is something or this is a position you want to stay in, you might have to find that role for you within that position. Create it. Which, I mean, it's easier said than done, but mm-hmm. sometimes you can make that happen within your position. You can? Yeah, you sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. sometimes. Sure. I feel like if you want it enough and if you are motivated and driven enough, right? Mm-hmm. Again, it's all about that drive and motivation. Some people have. Some people, it's like second nature. Mm-hmm. Other people's, not so much. Yeah. So I like those questions you put out there just to kind of get the people thinking about, you know, their current work situation and is it something they enjoy. Something I've always thought about as far as like what drives me is, has their, er, or, sorry. Er. Or, I know this. I say or. Like, or. I say or like that a lot. I say er. Do you oh. want this or that? <laughs> right. Um, no. Has there or do you have an interest in life that has been constantly bugging you in the back of your mind? Mm-hmm. Meaning is or in other words, is there something even? Bu- I don't even know. The what word I'm or. Saying sorry. Right well, I would change that word interest and say passion. Do you have any passions in life that have been bugging you in the back of your mind? And what I mean by that is, like, are there some things in your life that you'd be like, oh, man, I really want to do this, Mm -hmm. but you haven't done anything yet? And how long have you been thinking of that? For example, like, I mean, if I were to make an example of this, um, I want to start my own blog. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't want to start my own blog. I don't think, but like if, this is just an example. Okay. <laughs> I want to start my own blog on fashion mm -hmm. and I never got around to doing it. But five years later, seven years later, I'm still having that same thought. Yeah. What is stopping me? Why don't you just try your hand at it and see if you like it? Well, and to think that if you already thought about it before and years down the road, you're thinking about it again. You're still thinking right? about it. There's yeah. some sort of passion there for this, right? That's, I'm so, just going to yeah. say you're passionate about it in some sense because you're still thinking about it. Right. If you don't care about it, you're probably not going to think about it again. Exactly. So I had a talk with uh, my boy Jason when we were in college. I had this vision board, I guess. Wait, it, what it was, was it? <laughs> it was just a, actually, I don't even think it would be a vision board, but I had this board. Up like in my magazine room. clippings? No, 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 no. So it's not a vision board at all, actually. I put, <laughs> um, I put this board up. It's like a huge poster board. I put it on my wall because we used to have a, lo a lot of parties back in college, right? We get a lot of people that come through, and in the middle, I just put a simple phrase: "You got this," right? Just the idea that no matter what you do in life, you you can make it happen, hmm. okay? And so I put it on there and my goal was to make sure that every time I come across somebody that was motivational or just anybody, anybody in life that said something that was motivating, mm -hmm. I put it on the board. Okay. Okay. And what I had people do was every time we would have a party, before you get shit faced, you gotta come into the room, sign the board, put something on there that motivates you every day. Jesus. And so one day, I was showing my boy Jason, we were um we were talking about graduation because i think it was like a couple months down the road mm -hmm. we we're supposed to graduate around the same time we had the same degree too and i was like i know you're really passionate about basketball and just sports and teaching people shit what happens next what happens if you lose that passion how do you keep driving yourself to do better and without any passion in life it's almost like you're just on autopilot trying to find the next or going towards the next source of income and just going with that job and just putting your your passion or whatever you desire in life on the back burner, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that he didn't really give me an answer. He was like, he's like, I am passionate about it, but I, I don't really have a plan on what to do next. Then I was like, are you truly passionate about it then? And if you're not truly passionate about it, maybe you should try to find what you're passionate about the most and go in that direction. Because if you don't go towards your passion, again, you're just going to be stuck in that same, that same lane mm -hmm. heading in the opposite direction getting mm -hmm. further and further away from your finish line, mm, right? Man. Yes. So one thing that stuck out to me when you say all that is passion versus true passion. Because someone, someone can have a passion, and it can be, again, this thought they have in their mind for years, mm -hmm. but they don't do anything about it. What if they try it out and they come to find out that maybe it is just a hobby, maybe they just like doing it for fun, yeah, it excites them, it brings them interest, but they're not so passionate about it after all. Or wait, like you said, are you truly passionate about it? Mm -hmm. So there's different different varying degrees of passion. It's feeling passionate about something, which again, I, I bring to my initial question at the very beginning was like, how do you know when to take a hobby and turn it into something income generating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, after reflecting on what might be signs of the sunk cost effect within your workplace, right? Mm -hmm. A way to get out of it, of course, like we mentioned earlier, is creating a plan. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about how do you know when to turn a hobby into 
a career path or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. You know, I think that first you have to, again, like we said, key words, values. You have to figure out what your values are. Mm-hmm. Your values are what create your identity. You know, when it comes to like leisure activity, like serious leisure activity. They, serious leisure Yeah, activity. so serious leisure activity is activity <laughs> that, someone, that someone participates in, but they treat it, um, they treat it with goals. Oh, they okay. participate in this activity with a goal in mind, right? Is that an actual term? Yeah. A serious leisure activity? Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. So I've been having to read some articles about um, yeah. about why people participate in like certain activities. sports. Yeah, so I don't know if that term is actually used widely across all, all types of research. Um, serious leisure okay. activity. Because okay. they use career within serious leisure. And career isn't the same way that we think of it. Career in that sense is that... Someone wants to grow within that activity, whether it be mm-hmm. skill level, mm-hmm. um, their ranking, uh, receiving awards, whatever it may be. Right? Okay. So that differentiates someone that participates in that type of that type of leisure mm-hmm. versus um, someone that thinks of themselves as an amateur hobbyist, right? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I never knew. Yeah. So okay, so <laughs> what I was mentioning earlier about the identity thing, I think that once you're able to figure out your values and create your own identity, that's mm-hmm. going to help you realize like whether this career path that you're in now is beneficial or not. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, how are you going to take what you have in the, your position now and mm-hmm. apply it to progress in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's like one part of it. When I think about like coming up with a plan and say, for example, if I was switching careers yeah, and I was serious about it, I think about the timing of things. Okay. Believe it or not, I mean, I think the timing does have to be right to an extent, Mm -hmm. as well as having a cushion of savings. Mm -hmm. Because, and again, people are going to go about this differently, switching careers. I mean, they can just completely leave their job and maybe freelance or not work for a while, right? Like months, in which case you will have to have a cushion of savings. Yeah. Which, I mean, you should already have a cushion of savings anyway, but if you're gonna not, if you're not going to work and not bring any income in, it should be more of a savings yeah. than just the usual, like, have six months of rent just in case you lose your job. Um, so having a cushion of savings, and then, yeah, the timing of things, which I think it's more confusing than it sounds, but you, like, for me, I don't know that I would want to take, well, actually, I don't know, because I've never been in that position would I want to take some time off in between or would I just hop to the next the next job? Yeah, yeah. Because we have two different types of working style or work ethic. Right? Uh-huh. Where me, I try to find, well, for the most part, I try to find every little amount of time that I have possible to do something. Oh, gosh. Right? And I'm and trying to slow it down. talking about, like, if he has a 10-minute break, you're going to spend those 10 minutes. Doing something beneficial. But or, like reading an article. Yeah, well, so either reading an article or working like working on one of your spreadsheets. Or, <laughs> yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, I don't do it all the time, but but that's the way that I like to work, right? Yeah. And then you, you have your allotted amount of time set aside, and that's the time that you need to be able to clear your mind, right? And of course, it's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. And the reason why I point that out is because I'm personally tired of hearing the whole American work ethic, where oh, you gotta. You got to keep pushing as hard as you want. You got to be working harder than the next person to get to where you want to be. And it's like, it Mm -hmm. doesn't work like that for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like some people need their eight hours of sleep. Some people can run on three hours. Mm -hmm. So don't think that you got to be grinding every second of the day 
Yeah. Just make sure that your time is organized enough to where you can be heading in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, we talk, I think we talked about this in our burnout episode. Yeah. Right? How that this culture that you're talking about, it's a little toxic mm-hmm. in the sense that it's go, 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 and it doesn't appreciate taking the rest so your body can rest and feel rejuvenated to continue going. Again, this idea of sustainable activity. Mm-hmm. I don't know, sustainable, you know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say? Nah, but we'll go with it. <laughs> um, just making sure that you are not burning yourselves out yeah. in the process. Just pace yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yo, shout I, out, shout out hmm. to my boy Fossil again. Okay, what's up? So. What do you say? He was giving me a little inspo, inspiration. On what? About how to start things. And he was talking about how he used to always jump into things on his own. Oh, sounds because, familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot <laughs> talking of talking about our very own. Right. <laughs> so a lot of people think like, okay, this is my project. I want to do this on my own. I got this. I got yeah. this. I got this. Sometimes you do need that help. Right? Yes. Sometimes you do need like a little brainstorming session with a bunch of people. Yeah. And I think that's also going to be helpful when creating this plan, getting with a good group of people mm-hmm. uh, that are as motivated as you, or at least have signs of the type of motivation in order to create this boost of energy to move mm-hmm. forward in the same direction. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, we are not meant to go about this earth or life like by ourselves. Yeah. And it's sad. So a few things I want to mention. One about how Amazon recently announced that by May 1st, their workers need to go back into the office three days a week. Okay. Okay. And the CEO just talked about how it's going to be good um, collaboratively. Like if you're walking to the elevator, you can just pitch an idea or run by run an idea by your coworker. Collaborative environment, see people face to face. Something that might not happen if everyone is working remotely. Okay. So that's something I like personally for me. I think that's great. I know some people are like, oh, remote. Low remote work is the way to go. People don't need to spend countless of hours in commune and it's better for work-life balance, yada, yada. I get that, but you're not asking to go in five days a week. I mean, I think a hybrid work schedule is probably the best as far as all-in-person, remote, hybrid. I think hybrid is the best, okay? Okay. Okay, the other point I wanted to bring up is this book that I'm reading called What Happened to You by Oprah and some like psychologists, Mm -hmm. which talks about, so they look at a lot of like the Maori people, am I pronouncing that correctly? And how their cultures and the way they did things in life, that sense of camaraderie and family and diverse population, meaning infant, child, adolescents, teens, adults, older adults, um, being in that kind of environment was very beneficial for them growing up mm-hmm. and that we're not meant to be again, solo. Uh, that's what I'm trying to get at is that, Oh, the, that's the what direction... you meant by with working. That's why you think it's important to work. Yeah. Just like this sense, like of, this oh, sense okay. of community, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this sense of community. You are not supposed to start something alone. Like it's good to piggyback off ideas with other people. Yep. It's good to be collaborative. And it's sad because years ago, I think they said like a high percentage of households had more than five people 
oh, sorry, a high percentage of households had more than five people living in the house, which was great, opposed to now. And they looked at a certain area of the world. I forget where, but it was like 60% of households are single, like one person households, mm -hmm. which is not good because um, that leads to things like depression, anxiety, loneliness, X, Y, Z, all these like mental health problems. And it just talked about if you had a sense of community, how much better off as far as support goes that that would be for the individual. Mm -hmm. So I say all of that just to re reiterate that it is good to collaborate. It is good to be yeah. around other people. Well, that's also, so the whole community thing that also brings in um, or it helps people to build a sense of purpose so that that mm -hmm. go, that goes along with uh, why or how people find their identity uh -huh. and how people use their identity to participate in certain activities right yeah so the community is a major major factor into how people Neither. continue participation within something right mm -hmm. so if you do find that community that helps to build you up you're going to continue to want to keep building mm -hmm. up, yes right yeah and especially if it's like a supportive one, a supportive one and not like a negative or toxic one, mm -hmm. even better. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we definitely would love to hear some plans you guys have for yourselves. Like, how are you going to make it to the next step, right? Yeah. In order to progress within your career goals mm -hmm. or progress within your life, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing I want to say is like, you definitely have to advocate for yourselves because if you don't advocate for yourself then who is? Mm -hmm. And that's me th talking about, like, if you do find yourself at a dead-end job and you want to make the change, like, no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. But you have to make that that decision yourself. Mm hmm So. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So remember, we all have different journeys in life. What may be right for me might not be right for you and vice versa. We're hoping that this episode enlightened you and inspired you to bring it these types of conversations with your community. Hoping that you can be part of our community don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at life.imapo. Till next time. All right, see you guys soon.